Bringing you the top stories from Bonners Ferry to St. Mary's and everywhere in between. This is the North Idaho PrepCast with Ryan Skaggs. That's right. It's another edition of the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. I'm Brandon Bainey, and here's the guy who gets his own uh, spot in the intro, Ryan Skaggs. What's going on? Yeah, soon to be probably an apartment in Sandpoint as many weeks in a row of, uh, as I've spent broadcasting up there. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Now, you know, Coeur d'Alene to Sandpoint isn't like a terrible stretch, yeah. right? 44 miles, yeah. It's not too yeah, bad. Yeah, that's, that's not bad. Uh, I've been having to go to uh, Westside High School a lot lately. That's in Dayton, Idaho. You know, that's like, you know, 60 to 70 miles from where I live, so. And if you go off the road, you're off the face of the earth. Is it kind of one? <laughs> <laughs> There's all these small towns that nobody's ever heard of. There's uh, Clifton and Oxford, and yeah, you you blink and you're basically through it. So, <laughs> yeah. no, I, um, we get some of those up here, but it's it's probably a little bit different than obviously down on the the Snake River Plain down there. Yeah, the one the one I thought was really cool just because of the name. It's it's kind of by St. Mary's. It's called Santa. Yeah. Santa, Idaho. I was like, yeah, there's like Santa and then there's Princeton and Harvard and a bunch of those other towns around there too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. So, uh, no high schools in Santa or Princeton or Harvard, lots of high schools in Coeur d'Alene though. And that's yeah. where, uh, we focus each week, the, the district one athletic scene in North Idaho. Uh, the big story last week, Ryan was, uh, the state swim meet took place down in Boise. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, North Idaho showed pretty well down there. Um, on the boys' side, the Lake City boys took third, which was uh, an impressive showing from them. Uh, Logan Robillard had a couple of state championships in the 200 free and the 500 free. He did very well down there. Um, their 400 free relay team took second, and Ben Linford took third in the 100 backstroke. And um, John Fritz took third in the 500 free. So they, they showed up very well um, down at the state, the state meet. And then, of course, on, on the girls' side, Lake City won girls' soccer last week. They had an excellent volleyball season. The, the, the girls' athletics at Lake City have had a really strong fall season. Yeah, and they had a couple of their soccer players sign national letters of intent, too. Um, one to Montana State and I believe another to Gonzaga. So um, they've, they're showing up. That's for dang sure. They're, they're girls' athletics, and, and they got a few basketball players, too, that are getting looks. So uh, as the winter sports take flight um you know expect to see some more some more success from from lake city well and they had probably the most signature high profile signing last year in north idaho and really maybe even the whole state with brooklyn Rewers, who is now at michigan state university yeah. playing basketball in the big 10 which is pretty impressive right yeah yeah so i mean there's there's some great athletes coming out of north idaho right now and um just kind of watching the the twitter and and instagram feeds of some of the area schools and seeing the kids get some, you know, the early signing period uh, for their NLI is pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so Lake city's girls continued their strong fall uh, sports season this year with a state swimming title, 230.5 points. They won by nine points over the defending champs from Boise. Boise is really good. So for Lake city to go down and knock off the defending champion brave, really impressive effort. Yeah, and, and Lake City is going to be around for a while. I mean, that's a really, really young squad that they have, and they're very talented. Um, like I mentioned last week in the prep cast that um, a couple of the girls, I know one of the fathers of one of the swimmers, of, of Gabrielle uh, Garaski, and, um, you know, she's been swimming since she was like five, six years old, and 
Uh, a lot of these kids have been down at the Croc Center. I mean, they're there all the time. I mean, they're they're basically mermaids. So um, <laughs> they've they've been in the pool a lot. But uh, they got a state record out of their 400 free relay team, which was pretty awesome. That was Fritz Graski, Pierce, and Taylor. Um, Riley Taylor took second in the 200 IM and the and the 100 backstroke. Uh, Pema Anain took second in the 500 free. Um, Gabrielle Graski took second in the 200 free, and then she won a state title in the 100 free. And then their 200 medley relay took third, and their 200 free relay took second. So an awesome showing by the T-Wolves down there. Um, and uh, congratulations on the state title. Yeah, it was really impressive for Gabrielle Garaski in, in that 100-yard free event because in the prelims, uh, she had the second-best time. Uh, Ansley Pittard from Rocky Mountain, who's a really good swimmer, uh, had a 53.67, and uh, Garaski had a 53.70. So we're talking seven one hundredths of a second yep. separating these two swimmers in the final. It was, it was just as close. Garaski 53, 54, uh, Pittard 53, 65. So nine, uh, yeah. one hundredths there. Nine so. one hundredths of a, of a second difference, which, you know, in the pool is, is, I mean, you could slide a piece of paper between the two of those, you know, in their finish. So really, really close and, and a great job by them. And I think a big win, we talked about it last week a little bit, a big win that they were actually able to hold this event um, in person, right? Last year, they had the virtual state meet and it just wasn't the same. Yeah, the times were actually, I mean, obviously a lot better this year. I mean, with having the competition in the pool. So um, that definitely hats off to the to the IHSA and getting that done and um, hosting that event in person this year. Yep. Uh, at the uh, swimming competition, there's class 5A and then there's class 4A. And 4A is just everybody else. If, if yep. you're a 3A, if you're a 2A, if you're if Wallace had to compete at the 4A level, right? We talked yeah, about Wallace. Yeah, had a couple of solid kids. I mean, there was, yeah, there's some competition there from all sorts of sizes. Yes. So if we look at the 4A competition, Sandpoint did really well. Their girls took second place. Bishop Kelly kind of ran away with the title like they do most things. But Sandpoint took second in, in the girls competition, which was nice to see. Yeah, they got a state title of their 200 freestyle relay team. Uh, their 400 free took uh, relay took second. Uh, Riley Bamer took third in the 50 free and then second in the 100 butterfly. And Emily Ballard took uh, third in the 200 freestyle. So, I mean, they got some placers in the top three. Um, you know, some podium finishes, which is great for the Bulldogs. And then on the 4A side, the, the one thing that really stood out to me was uh, Hayden Levitt from Sandpoint. He set a new state record in the prelims of the 100-yard free uh, with the time of 48.42. But when it came down to the finals, he actually lost the finals. 48.61 uh, was the winning time, and he actually swam almost a whole second slower uh, 49, 18. So you'll see in the record book now, Hayden Levitt from Sandpoint has the state record in the 100 yard free, but no state title to go along with it. Yeah. I mean, and I don't want to say it's like the kiss your sister type situation, but uh, a great effort from him to get second still, but yeah, to be the state title holder and not get the championship too. It's probably got to be a little bit of a sour note, but I mean, you, you kind of, you're that close. Um, but still to be runner up. I mean, hats off to the kid that won it. I mean, that's a, a great time too. So not too far off, but uh, they had good showing. Caleb Norling took second, the 200 free and third in the 100 free. And then their 200 free relay and 400 free relay took third. So uh, the Sandpoint boys took fourth overall, which is a great job too. So, I mean, they showed up well and uh, competed well. So the swimmers in our area really did, did a great job. I mean, Coeur even had Mason Groth took third in the 200 IM. 
Um, so I want to give him some shout out too because the boys, Cordelaine boys, finished seventh. Yep. So uh, let's uh, transition now to football. And, and again, big headline from from state swimming was Lake City Sandpoint continuing to have really good all around fall sports seasons at the five A four A levels, respectively. Yes. Uh, Lake City's football team isn't around still, but Sandpoints is. And we will talk about the Bulldogs as they get ready for the semifinal round. Right after this break, we're going to hear from our sponsors uh, from the Idaho Division of Public Health here on the North Idaho PrepCast. And we will be right back on IdahoSports.com. It's time to start planning for back to school. That's why I got my kids vaccinated for COVID-19. Kids 12 and older can get vaccinated. The vaccines have been researched and tested. They're safe and they work. And I hope everyone will choose to get vaccinated too. Back on the North Idaho PrepCast, IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey with Ryan Skaggs. You can uh, listen to this podcast at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. You can also uh, watch the video each week on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel as well as our Facebook page. Uh, You'll be able to see me today. I'm wearing my finest Green Bay Packers polo. Got to represent the team even when they lose, right? Didn't have Aaron Rodgers last week, so... Yeah, um, I'm not a huge NFL. I mean, I'm a Seahawks fan. I've I've been a Seahawks fan since the Rick Meyer days. So um, if I can survive that, I can survive a lot of things when you get stuck with Rick Meyer, John Fries, and Dave Craig, and John Kitna. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, I mean, obviously being without Russell Wilson is hurt this year, but, um, you know, we, we manage. Um, but uh, my Boise State Broncos got a good win last week, so I'll take the, the milk can coming back home. Um, after beating Fresno State and absolutely stomping them. So hats off to the uh, the Broncos. <laughs> yes, Boise State got a nice win uh, as well. And so as we're talking about football, let's uh, get you caught up on uh, what happened in the 5A and 4A ranks. Again, if you're watching the video, you can uh, see we're going to put the bracket up on the screen and you can follow along that way. If you're listening audio only, you can go to our website, idahosports.com and uh, look at the bracket there, or just picture it in your mind. As there's fewer teams now, it's a little easier to uh, visualize how this bracket lays out. So let's go ahead and let's just start with the 4A, because that's where we've got a team still competing. Sandpoint, this is the game that you were at Friday night, Ryan, in the quarterfinal round, hosting Shelly, and Sandpoint uh, trailed the entire first half, but yep. but played well in the second half to come away with a 21-14 to win. Yeah, I mean, Shelly, hats off to them. They played a, a great first half um the second half I, I don't think they played poorly in the second half as much as sandpoint's defense was just absolutely dominant after halftime um the adjustments that they made i mean they were holding i mean shelly was averaging i believe it was like six and a half yards of carry in the first half um you know and and obviously their passing game was effective at, they run so much obviously you get the the one or two every you know series bootleg passes reverse out reverse pivot out of the, the you know under center and you come out and hit a bootleg pass for 17 18 yards to your tight end um but sandpoint adjusted they didn't panic and that was the thing that I, I noticed from the bulldogs yeah they were down but they never really got rushed and went outside of what they they normally do um but shelly had a great game plan coming into that game i just think that the adjustments from coach Thielbar and, and coach Knowles. Um, really made made the difference for the Bulldogs in the second half. And Parker Pettit had an awesome game in the second half. 
Yeah, you saw when Shelley had to start throwing the ball, that's when they started turning it over, right? Jack Zimmerman had two interceptions in the second half. Uh, you talked about Parker Pettit. He scored twice in the second half, 47-yard touchdown pass to Cody Newhart, and then a, a one-yard QB run, sneak, whatever you want to call it. We we talked all year about Garrett Cox and, and Parker Pettit a little bit. We talked about Newhart coming back. He had to leave with an injury, so we hope he's okay. But there's also other capable players if, for some reason, uh, Newhart isn't available, right? Max Frank is a guy who's really flown under the radar this year for Sandpoint. And I really think Ari yeah. Vandenberg, who is a great basket, we know him more for his basketball abilities, but he's been a great wide receiver too. Yeah, and I mean, he's and he's kind of that hybrid wide receiver tight end uh, threat. He's, I mean, really good coming out of the, the up-back position. Um, they kind of use him in that hybrid tight end fullback kind of flexed up to the line. And I mean, he's sneaky quick. I mean, he's not, he doesn't really look like he's got the blazing foot speed, but he comes out of the backfield so well. Um, he's always open. I mean, and he's got great hands. He's got amazing hands, probably some of the best of any receiver in North Idaho, just as far as going and getting the ball. Um, but yeah, you mentioned Max Frank. I mean, just a sophomore that the kid is, I mean, as good as he is on offense too, I think he's probably equally as good on defense now that he's playing a little bit of safety too. Um, and that was, I think he was the difference maker as far as shutting down the passing game of Shelly in the second half, he came in and played safety and was absolutely a shot to him. Him and Zimmerman played out of their minds. Um, and I'll give Coda Hartley props to Coda Hartley played a great game too. That, that secondary is very underrated. Um, but, and we can, we can talk a little bit more about them, but on offense, I mean, you've got, you still have Lasse Kuhn. I mean, he's a he's a great kicker. I mean, we talk about we see his kicking prowess that, you know, he puts it through the uprights on kickoffs. Um, but really what stands out with him is he's actually, I mean, it's a foreign exchange student. This is a great player. He's a great athlete. Um, just, you know, kind of sneaky fast, but he's always in the right spot at the right time. Him and Pettit have a very good relationship. I think when you see Pettit scramble, he always looks – either to Max Frank or Lasse Kuhn. And um, he, you know, finally having Newhart back was certainly a, a huge blessing because, you know, that's how that seven, that 47 yard bomb happened was that Pettit just scrambled out and then Newhart just broke it off and took off towards the end zone and just sailed one in. And it was a, a great play. Um, but Pettit has been patient. And I think that's the one thing that has been the benefit in the passing game for Sandpoint is that he doesn't make a ton of mistakes. And the, the picks that he th has thrown, especially in the last like three games, really haven't been his fault. They weren't bad throws. Some of them were just a, a really great play by the defender. Yeah, it's incredible to think back to last year, uh, Parker's sophomore year, and for like the first three or four games, Sandpoint was just shuffling guys in at quarterback. They even had Garrett Cox playing yeah. quarterback for a little bit until, you know, Parker Pettit kind of took it by the reins. And, and he really won the offensive MVP in the in the league. I mean, that was <laughs> plays like five games and wins the league MVP. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome story uh, there. So Sandpoint, uh, continuing to host, right? They're the number yep. one overall seed. They're now going to host Blackfoot in the semifinal round. Blackfoot, the five seed, defeated Nampa 28 to 14. That score is a little deceptive. They, I mean, they were up 21 to nothing, and Nampa scored two twice really late in the game. Yeah, we've got to eat some crow on that one because I think we both picked Nampa to win that game. So <laughs> we did. We did. Uh, otherwise, my final four uh, was correct, right? Pocatello Skyline at the bottom and Sandpoint up top.
So Blackfoot comes to town now, and this is, I think, the best group of athletes that Sandpoint will face this year. I would even say it's a better group of athletes than either Pocatello or Skyline. I think of the teams that are left, Blackfoot has the athletes to match Sandpoint. The problem with Blackfoot is, is they don't have the consistency, and mentally sometimes they're not quite there. So if Sandpoint is sound and disciplined, I, I like the Bulldogs again at home. Yeah. And, you know, I saw something from Sandpoint that, you know, they didn't panic and and they did the same thing against Coeur d'Alene. It was kind of an eerily similar game, um, except Sandpoint made, I think, better adjustments against Shelly and a little, I mean, obviously I think Coeur d'Alene had better athletes um, than Shelly. Nothing, that's no slight to, to the Russets, but um, just the adjustments that were made from Sandpoint really, you know, it was facing a similar situation at halftime, you're down and they came back and they came roaring back in that Coeur d'Alene game too. Um, you know, so I, I, I kind of mirror Blackfoot, I think, to Coeur Lane as far as athletes go. You know, King at wide receiver for Blackfoot's he's a stud, like he's he's legit. Uh, Ramirez, a running back, is very consistent. Um, their quarterback, Grimmett, is 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 solid. I mean, he's good in the passing game, he's good in the running game. Um, I, you know, the difference is I look at like where where would the dividing line be? Where's the the you know, benefit or the positives for, for Sandpoint and where the positives for Blackfoot. Sandpoint, we know the running game can get going at any time they want to. They didn't have to run against Shelly. They actually started passing more. And they could have gone back to the running game, and they did, and that's how they, you know, got two huge drives right there to start the second half. Um, the one thing I think Sandpoint that was underrated was their return game. Sandpoint's return game is sneaky good. Uh, Garrett Cox returning punts is lethal. Uh, we saw him bust a huge return, and he got one. I think it was like a 37-yard return on a punt, which set up a short field and set up that that Pettit one-yard touchdown run. Um, and then a couple of good returns, one from um, one from Lane Dunkel, who had a really nice return on a kickoff that set up a short field too, I think, put him at the 40 to start off. So, um, you know, if, if Sandpoint can take care of the ball and win the special teams, I think that they win the game probably by two or three scores. Um, just because their defense, I think, now finally got their test and kind of woke up a little bit. Um, they're excited for this game. I, I talked to a few of the kids after the game and, and a couple of the coaches and um, just kind of get them like, hey, you're playing back, but how do you feel about that? And they're like, you know, they feel that it's besides themselves, it's the best team left. Um, that, that they feel that Blackfoot, is, as far as the team goes, you know, this is the better, I mean, the you know, the harder matchup, per se. Um <clears throat> But like you said, the consistency from Blackfoot year throughout the year, it's been spotty at best um, at times. The beginning of the year, it was, it was obviously rough. You've, I think you've had a game of theirs, haven't you? I did. I, I called when Blackfoot played Rigby and, and actually you know, took Rigby down to the wire. Rigby only won that game by 10, 24 to 14. And what happened in that game was that – so Javante King, the, the fans up north, you're, you guys are going to enjoy watching him play because he is a six-foot-four – 180 pound just specimen i mean he's he's huge and he he kind of dominated in the first half but in the second half he was quiet he didn't have a single catch after halftime now part of that is he couldn't get open but part of that too was like blackfoot inexplicably went away from what was working and tried to tried to start grounding and pounding it with austin ramirez uh, which wasn't very successful. So, that, so that's the thing with Blackwood. They they do things sometimes, and you scratch your head and you go, "What are you doing?" You know, they've lost three games this year on two point conversions. Twice where they went for two in the win and didn't get it, and 
the third time they gave up a two point conversion at the end and lost. So I, that tells me that they're not confident in their special teams at all, right? They must have not any type of kicking situation. Yeah. And if it comes into, I mean, you look at, I mean, Sandpoint has two kickers. I mean, they've got Gove that has been solid. And then, like we talked about last day, Kuhn in the kicking game, I mean, he even lined up and, and booted one through on Friday night. So, I mean, you know, he's, he's very serviceable and he's got range too. I mean, he can put it, he was kicking in pregame 40 yards plus. So, um, I mean, we're talking about you get in a clutch situation in a game where it's close and you might need to get a field goal to get a win. Um, you know, I give the edge to Sandpoint on that one. And so what it comes down to with Javante King and, and defending the passing game, that's what I think I texted you uh, the other day was about Sandpoint's DBs, that's secondary and their linebacker core. Uh, I The more I watch them, the more I'm impressed because of how physical their DBs are and they just don't get beat, but they don't panic. And that's, you see teams that'll like get up over the top of them the next play they show up and then they get a pick or they, they get, you know, like if they just stall the drive and it goes three and out and that secondary, I mean, yeah, you got a big specimen, but they faced big guys too. They've faced cope from Coeur d'Alene. They've faced um, Waddington from, from Lakeland. I know that King's a little bit, different athlete than Alden. No offense to Alden. He's a great kid. Um, but, you know, it's not that they haven't had to face great athletes already this year and shut them down. Waddington, I think, had like three catches against Sandpoint. So, it, you know, that that deep, that secondary and that back end of that defense is as good as it comes in the state. Yeah, man. I think another advantage for Sandpoint is Blackfoot's line is a little undersized. So <clears throat> I think I think Sandpoint can take advantage there. I always try and give you one guy to keep an eye on, right? From from uh outside of the area you cover, North Idaho. So for sure. Blackfoot, the guy I would keep an eye on Ryan Friday night, because you'll you'll be on the call for this game as well for IdahoSports.com, is Deegan Hale. He's another like six foot three receiver he's like the second receiver in the offense behind king but he also plays free safety on defense and he has uh nabbed a, a number of interceptions this year so he's a two-way player he's a good athlete six three another tall guy so deegan hale is a guy i would keep an eye on but so i'll keep an eye on it i i'll give the state somebody to kind of watch out for um was i mean not just with uh with max frank i'm gonna go back to our text but um we talk about Luke McCorkle. I, I love that kid. Uh, he is just a he's a competitor, and he's just just absolutely gritty and physical as all get out. I love watching him play. Um, he doesn't get his name called a ton as far as because he's doesn't play offense. He's on the defensive side of the ball, but he's in on like every stinking tackle, kind of at like that corner hybrid safety position, and he's just he's just gritty. I mean, he's always in there. Um, him and then. Another one that was kind of an unsung hero against Shelly was Owen Wimmer, the, the other linebacker opposite West Benefield. Wimmer had a great game. Um, very quiet under the radar, but just, you know, stonewalled that rushing attack to where they were averaging under two yards of carry in the second half. I mean, yeah, that Sandpoint defense is, is for real. I'm going to hang my hat on defense wins championships. That That's where Sandpoint's going to get it done this week. Yep, I agree. If you look at this bracket, Sandpoint hosts Blackfoot Friday night, 7 o'clock in Sandpoint. Here is my official 4A championship pick, Sandpoint Pocatello in the Kibbe Dome in Moscow. What do you What do you got, Ryan? I'm ho- I got the same. Yeah, I think it's going to be Sandpoint and Pokey in the Dome, and hopefully I've got the call on that one too. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, for sure. I just, Skyline, man, they've, they've been playing with fire too many weeks. They can't. They can't sleepwalk against Pocatello. They'll get run out of the building. 
Uh, I've seen, I've done all, all of Skylines and all of Pocatello's playoff games so far, and Skylines not. There, they they start to they come back and get you eventually. You make that many mistakes, it's eventually going to haunt you. Yeah. Yep. All right, let's uh, transition to so that's the only team left from up north is Sandpoint. So we've kind of cast our lot with the Bulldogs. A lot, <laughs> a lot of other teams um, were playing last week in the quarterfinals, but fell. I think probably the most surprising was that the five A ranks, as we pull up the bracket here, Coeur hosting Eagle fell uh, late, twenty three to fourteen. This surprised a lot of people, my, myself included. I was I had thought Coeur was going to take it all the way. Yeah, and. Um... I had them losing in the semis. I thought they would beat Eagle, but I knew it would be a close game. I mean, you talk about your chances and just talking to folks that were at that game and, and Coeur d'Alene had a plethora of them that they could have put Eagle away in the second half and just kind of, you know, a late turnover turns into a touchdown. Next thing you know, you're down and then you're down bigger. Um, didn't really do them any favors because it was a, it was a, what, a three-point game, I think, with under five to play. Um, and then the Eagle got the touchdown late to kind of ice it. But uh, the Vikings had a great season. Um, you know, I, I saw an Instagram post from from Gunnar Julio that, you know, just the, the gratefulness of, of the kids for the support that they have. Um, so, I mean, the community's rallied around these teams. I mean, you look at Sandpoint, and I got to talk to Parker Pettit's dad um, before the game there and, and and talking to some of the other parents as places I go and just how many people are involved, the families that are involved in like actually getting to know them and, and the support that these kids get, um, not just from their family members, but then, you know, it's friends of the family and, and, you know, local business owners and everybody else's supports. It's, it's been a, a great thing. And I think that I don't want to say if there's one positive from COVID to take away, but like you don't take sports for granted, like they're not taking high school sports for granted. Um, and you kind of see that with the kids. There's been a little bit more passion this year um, as, as opposed to a few of the other years past where kids kind of ho-hum through it. I think there's been a little bit more um, appreciation for the ability to play the game. Yeah, I agree. The, that perspective, right, because uh, games got canceled and then games last year were played uh, in front of uh, a lot of times empty stadiums. So, uh, yeah, the game really swung for Coeur d'Alene. And, and you mentioned uh, – all the people that are involved in making a program so successful. I see every week on social media, I follow uh, the court, all the quarter lane Viking athletics, but they, every week they have a lineman feed, right? Yeah. So a player and their family takes turns hosting each week, all of the linemen. Can you imagine the, the food oh. bill for that? <laughs> we used to do those in high school. You'd have actually have a team dinner. Right. Um, I mean, I can only, I mean, the lineman would do her, but you give lineman free reign to go more than once through the buffet line. I mean, come on, good grief. That's a, couple hundred bills right there <laughs> but yeah. i think they went to nosworthy's too this last week which i was slightly jealous because that place is awesome um but seeing the lineman eating a burger at, at nosworthy's um you know the, i'm sure that there was some damage done on that tab <laughs> yeah for sure uh the the game with the eagle it, it, like you said ryan it swung late uh it was 16 to 14 eagle quarter lane was lining up for a field goal to take the lead eagle blocks it and then like two or three plays later, they went for the jugular and got that uh, 68-yard touchdown pass from Jack Benson to Ian Duarte. Actually, a 72-yard pass from Benson yard, yeah. to Duarte. I told you Duarte was a guy to watch out for. He's uh, he's a California kid that's now at Eagle. He's a great yeah. baseball player as well. 
And um, he had eight catches for 168 yards and the touchdown. So you know, and Eagles had a great season, and and they've earned their earned their way into the semis. But where would they be? You know, you kind of play the what if game if Makita was still around. I mean, they would be. Would they be the elite team in Idaho? Um, you know, very distinct possibility that could be the case. But uh, a couple of the other scores that really stood out. I mean, what what the Warriors and Meridian did was. I mean, I just sat there and kind of like a gasp, <laughs> just absolutely undressing Mountain View in that game. Um, hats off, hats off to Meridian and and winning that game. They got a tough one against Rigby coming up, but uh, what a great win! Wow, what a great win! And then and then of course Highland knocking off Rocky Mountain, oh, Ian, the fifty-eight yard bomb, Ian Hershey <laughs> a new state goal? record. <laughs> yeah, good grief. You know, I think a lot of people saw the final four and thought, yeah, there'll be two teams from the SIC, the Treasure Valley, and they're thinking Mountain View and Rocky Mountain. I'm not sure anybody had Eagle and Meridian. Yeah, I was guilty of the Rocky Mountain and and Mountain View. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. I had a flip. That's pretty cool. I mean. Yeah, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Rigby at Meridian, Highland at Eagle. Those are the 5A semifinals. Let's let's talk about the 3A bracket because Timberlake – Traveled down to Gooding and almost came away with the win, but they fell yeah. 28 to 21. And the Senators now are still undefeated at Gooding High. Yeah, I mean, Timberlake was playing with house money when they went down there. And I think that that's how they kind of played. They played a little free and and took some shots and they, they played a great ball. I mean, Gooding is a great team. And Timberlake showed that they were equally solid. And, you know, the Tigers had a great year. Hats off to them. But I mean, they, they, they had their chances too, uh, and that one. I mean, Gooding let them hang around, and you let kind of a dog, underdog hang around. They get that confidence building, and and sometimes it can come back to bite you. Um, the Senators obviously ended up getting the win, but you know, hats off to to Coach Amos and the crew um, up the road in Spirit Lake. They got a, a great team and, and a good bunch of kids, so they had a great season. Uh, unfortunate ended in the loss, but I mean, that's that's a good Gooding team that they played very competitively. Yeah, Gooding's just so hard to stop with the with the run game. You know, everybody thinks about Colston Loveland, the tight end who is committed to Michigan from Gooding, but really yep. what makes them go is their quarterback, Curtis Atkinson. He's like 6'5, 240, and they just yeah. run him. <laughs> Good luck. He reminds me of like Jake Locker. I don't know if you remember like the, mm-hmm. the former Washington Husky. Um, but just his stature and the way he plays, really, really similar. Um, I would say in that sense of of the ability to run, but still having a, a really, you know capable arm too yeah when i first started broadcasting in montana roughly 12 years ago uh i was doing high school football games in in western montana and uh at the time brock osweiler was playing uh at flathead high school in in kalispell and yeah same thing you know he's 6 8 250 went on to play at arizona state and in, in the nfl obviously didn't do as well there but um kind of the same deal he's just a big physical dude and good luck trying to bring me down right yeah, yeah, I remember the days of watching Walker play Lewiston High School. So they came, Ferndale came over and played them, and I was like, okay, this guy's a dude, all right. And then obviously he went on to do what he did at the University of Washington. But yeah, no, uh, Gooding is a is a good team. I mean, that's going to be that. I mean, you talk about that Final Four. That's two dandy ball games. I mean, Homedale and Sugar, and then you've got Gooding and Weezer um, setting up that. I mean, you could basically draw a name out of a hat. And you probably would have picked it at the beginning of the year, um, as far as kind of knowing who the blue bloods are in the three A. Yep, and I just I have no idea how either of those games will go. Any of the four 
could win and yeah. could, could, could win state. I mean, absolutely. Too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and they're all capable teams. They're all great. I mean, it's going to be exciting. We're all, we're the, we get a benefit for having great games. I mean, I think that's where the fans are going to win. <laughs> yes. And for the most part, it looks like the max preps seedings have worked out for the most part. Um, you know, if you look at the three, a it's the top four teams Four a it's one, two, five, and six. I mean, yeah. pretty decent. Uh, 2A is the top four as well. So yeah, let's talk about the final team that was representing the North. And uh, this was a Saturday game. Mullen St. Regis, we talked about, had to travel to carry in the 1A D2 bracket. Lost 60 to 14, but this was a close game at halftime. I think it was 20 to 6 or 22 to 6, but they just ran out of steam in the second half. And what was a great season for Mullen St. Regis comes to an end in the quarterfinals. Yeah. And, and, you know, the crew, I mean, we, we all picked in the, hey, it was going to be their year. <laughs> yep. And I, I was rooting for them because, I mean, I really was just because of you look at the adversity that they face every week and what they go through in order to just play. Um, you know, the, those kids want it, the drive and desires there. And they've got a great group of kids and great coaching staff um, that really genuinely not only knows the game of football, they just care about their kids. And, you know, that, you know, if, as a, if I was a parent with kids in that program, I mean, yeah, they're the ones that I basically give the keys to and just say, Hey, you know, you're going to take care of my kid. I trust you to death with this. And, and, you know, they're, they're going to, my kids are going to come out the other side of this better uh, for what they did. And they learned how to push through some difficult stuff by traveling uh, for practice. Even, I mean, you know, either going over to St. Regis or having St. Regis traveling every day because of the time difference. And, um, but no, they had a, a great season. It just came up short. Obviously you run out of gas, the, a long road trip, being a league champ coming out of a, a bye week It's just tough. And, you know, having to go all the way down there with, and we, I don't want to say that there should have, could have, would have, or you can make excuses or whatever, but, um, you know, having to travel in that situation in the state tournament and playing the team that you had to play, just it's a tough draw, and that team's probably going to go on to win the title, in my opinion. I mean, they could they could very well do it. So, um, you know, and I'm secretly rooting for Kendrick because I've got a buddy that coaches there and uh, know, know a couple of the guys on the staff. So um, I don't want to try to play favorites or anything else, but I was hoping for a Kendrick Mullen final. Man, that would have been cool. <laughs> that that would have been awesome up in the, up in the Kibbe Dome in Moscow. That would have yeah, been a good time. Yeah, for supremacy of North Idaho, it'd been it'd been fantastic. Yeah, it really would have. So, uh, unfortunately, you know, sometimes this is how it goes in high school football. What was a great regular season? And that's what you have to remember, right? The great overall season you had, not the last result. Yeah, and 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 I know that we kind of shift towards basketball season and stuff too. Um, and I know this is a North Idaho prep cast, but we'll be talking a little bit more during basketball season about some of the District Two teams, um, Lapway, what they did. Holy cow. Um, yeah, Titus, year out U of I basketball commit. Um, so congrats to him. And um, But, man, he had, what, was it eight touchdowns in that game he was responsible for? I think it was nine. Nine, yeah. Nine. He ran for four and threw for five. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that that team is, is loaded with athletes across the field. I mean, I joked to their basketball coach, Coach Eastman, on Instagram, it was like, he was like, well, I guess basketball season starting a week late this year. And I was like, no, nah, they're playing basketball. It's just on grass right now. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, you know, uh, Josh Layton, the Lapway football coach, I think said it best. 
He said, we're excited for basketball around here, but we're not quite ready for it just yet. That's right. Yeah, no, they've got a really good chance to, to pull a shocker and win a couple of games now. So I I wouldn't count out the Wildcats right now, the way they're playing. Well, yeah, let's put up this 1A D1 bracket real quick. They're playing Raft River, the number one overall seed. Raft River played Potlatch last week in Holt Arena. Yeah. And so they went to Raft River and said, okay, you're going to be in Holt again this Saturday. They're like, against Lapway? No, thank you. We'll take it outside <laughs> and take our chances in the weather. <laughs> They're probably hoping for three inches of rain and some snow. <laughs> yeah, they are. So so that, that game will be played in Malta, uh, which is where Raft River High School is, Saturday at 1 p.m. So, yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Bring Lapway into Holt Arena? Uh, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah, she's going to track me at that point. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, best of luck to that crew down there in Lapway. They're, they're a good group of kids. They got to be around them during the state basketball tournament last year um, yeah. when I had the 1A D1 draw. And uh, so, yeah, I know they're not in my, my district, but I can still, you know, give a shout out to a few area schools. Yeah, absolutely. So you, you touched on it as well, Ryan, as we get towards the end of football season and, and start transitioning into the winter sports season, we're going to continue each week here with the North Idaho prep cast, right? We're going to talk about basketball and, and wrestling each week. You know, the, the podcast will probably be a little bit shorter just because there's less sports to talk about. Um, I can talk wrestling. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> but in fall sports, you've got like what? Five. Oh, you got, yeah, you've got like five, six sports going on at a time. Right. There's only three in the winter. So, yeah. Um, but we're going to be talking about more teams because uh, for the fall sports season, we've had a separate podcast for District One and District Two, right? We've had the North Idaho prep cast, which covers District One, and yep. then the Palouse prep cast, which has been covering District Two. Well, our, our District Two expert, Garrison Hardy, he's a really busy guy. He actually just got hired as an assistant basketball coach, uh, boys basketball coach at Logos. Um, so hopefully I get to heckle him a little bit now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so he's actually going to be very busy this winter and um, I'm, I'm very busy as well. I do a lot of these podcasts each week. So we're thinking about, you know, what's the best way to try and consolidate some of these. And it just seemed like a natural fit to combine districts one and two into one prep cast, because with the exception of the white pine league in, in the one, a ranks, yeah. Um, they're, they're all in the same conference anyways, right? 5A, 4A, 2A, they all play together. So, yep. and I grew up down the LC Valley, so I'm familiar with all the, a lot of the coaches and schools down there. So, um, yeah, I have no problem talking about district two, cause that was kind of my, my roots for a while. So, yeah. yeah. So it's going to, we'll, we'll be here each week, me and Ryan still, uh, making each other laugh, uh, breaking down all of the uh, district one and district two stuff. That'll be once the uh, winter sports season, uh, really gets going and football season is wrapped up. Girls basketball does start this week though. Yeah. Uh, for some of the teams up North, man, there's a lot real quick. Just we're, we're doing our, our season previews on idahosports.com. They're kind of a work in progress because coaches plug yourself. Are... Yeah. Why don't you plug yourself? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, we've got about like half of the coaches have, have sent back their, their preseason questionnaires. A lot of them have been the coaches up North though. So I've got a pretty good idea of Coeur d'Alene going to be good again in girls basketball. Timberlake is just a dynasty up North, right? Yep. Kellogg's going to try and knock them off this year. Kellogg's um, got some athletes on the girls' side. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Kellogg's loaded for bear. Uh, Grangeville has a really good girls' basketball program that's really humming up north. So, Lapway <laughs> girls are going to be good this year, too. <laughs> yes, there there is a lot of good quality girls' basketball to be played up north. Um, and we'll start talking about that a little bit more. You know, next week we can go over a couple of the, the girls basketball results that happened but hopefully we're talking about a, a sandpoint championship uh 
appearance as well. Otherwise, there's going to be hardly any football content to talk yeah, about. Yeah, it'll be kind of a, a bare cupboard if, if they don't get a victory on Friday night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Friday night, 7 o'clock in Sandpoint. If you want to see the full schedule, we are covering every single semifinal game this weekend on IdahoSports.com. You can see the entire broadcast schedule. On uh, our homepage, idahosports.com, just click on the game streams tab. All right, Ryan, have a good call Friday night in Sandpoint. I think that's going to be a fun game. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a dandy of a ball game, and it's going to be a classic North Idaho weather. Let's talk, call it that. So we're expecting possibility of snow at some point this week, so overnight. So we'll see if there's some uh, some white stuff on the sidelines. Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. So Sandpoint's going to play Friday night, and then they could uh, potentially sit back and just uh, – take in Pocatello and Skyline are going to play Saturday night. So yeah. yeah. And then the possibility of either playing Friday night or Saturday afternoon for the championship in the dome would be pretty sweet. So I know they're, they're excited. So yeah. So I'll, I'll be on the call for that Skyline Pocatello game. So I'll be listening. Yeah. You'll have to tune in. So, all right. Uh, for Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for uh, tuning into the North Idaho prep cast brought to you by the Idaho division of public health on idahosports.com.